let's stand our feet this morning as we worship the Lord together. He's worthy, amen.
Amen. Well, welcome to Church on the Rock. How many people are happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Amen. Well, I was just thinking about as we sang that song, how it says undignified is just the beginning. And it made me think of David when he's dancing in the streets and how he says he doesn't care about his dignity or anything because he is so in the Lord and he is just so thankful for all that the Lord has done for him that he's just dancing in the street and losing himself in the Lord's love. So I just encourage you as we get into worship this morning to just really lose yourself in the Lord's love this morning. Amen. Come on, let's put our hands together as we worship. Lord, you are worthy, Jesus. Your kingdom has no 
only King forever. Almighty God, we lift you higher. You are the only King forever, forevermore. You are victorious. You are the only King forever. Almighty God, we lift you higher. You are the only King forever, forevermore. You are victorious. the only king forever almighty god we lift you higher you are the only king forever let's sing that together as we declare it to the heavens you are victorious you are the only king forever almighty god we lift you higher you are the only king forever We bless you, Jesus. We bless you, Lord. You're worthy, Lord.
somebody sense the Lord's presence in this house? You know, it ought to be confirmation that you're his child. And he cares about you. He knows everything going on in your life. And we're going to take a time during worship to have our altar team come up right now. And just pray for any needs you might have during the worship time. So if you're sick in your body, uh, you need wisdom for anything, you just want somebody to agree with you. A couple things specifically I felt coming into this service, believe the Holy Spirit was kind of bringing to the surface, was there's people in here that could be overwhelmed. You're just overwhelmed with, with life or some situations. And, and when you walk up here and, and pray with somebody, it's going to be a picture like you just kind of handing it back to the Lord. Because there's some things we're just not designed to carry. And you just need to cast your cares on Him because He cares for you. And so I'd be kind of by walking up here and agreeing with somebody, be kind of like laying those things on the altar or handing them back to the Lord. Or another thing, you could be weary. Just kind of wore out, just kind of weary, need just kind of a, a, a little boost to kind of get things going this week and just agree with somebody because those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. And just something up here, just kind of waiting. Some of you just need to take a deep breath during this worship service. Just kind of take a deep breath and say, I trust you, God. And others could be just coming, just having a decision that's really weighing on you. And uh, remember, the enemy's voice is not pushy. Right? It's a peace of God that will give you confirmation. You might want somebody to agree with you in that area. So the altars are open. Let's continue to worship. Just press into God. Take advantage of this situation for the king of the universe to come and just communicate with you. And let uh, I, and I pray you'll really feel and understand the love he has for you. Altars are open if you want prayer for anything.
Lord, we bless you, Jesus. Oh, come on, bless him in this place this morning. He's worthy, amen? Oh, Jesus, we love you this morning. We belong to you, oh God. God, we're so happy to be in your house this morning, Lord. We bless your name. Anybody else happy to be in God's house this morning, amen? Hey, well, why don't you smile at two or three people and tell them you're happy to see them in God's house. you're with us today. In the chair back in front of you, we have a lot of information about our church. Our inside look lets you know everything about who we are and what we believe in. Our ministry guide gives you plenty of opportunities to get connected through classes, small groups, and outreaches. If you're a first-time guest, fill out the white card in the seat back in front of you, drop it in the offering, or you can bring it across the hall to the Connect Room where you'll receive a free gift bag. Don't forget about our Saturday night meal and snacks between services on Sunday mornings in the Connect Cafe. Our coffee bar is always open. We're so glad that you're here and we hope that you know that there's always a place for you at Church on the Rock. On Saturday, April 4th, just hours before Easter services, heavy rains caused serious flash floods in Port-au-Prince, Haiti. The flooding caused serious property damage and loss of life. Church on the Rock, whose original building was destroyed in the 2010 earthquake, recently completed its initial reconstruction of a multi-million dollar steel building. It took nearly three years to raise the funds and another year to complete the construction. Now without your help, the building is set to collapse due to the flooding unless it is immediately repaired. If you would like to help them to rebuild the retaining wall, just mark Haiti Repair on the offering envelope or your debit receipt. April 25th, 8.30 a.m. Bacon, archery contest. Bacon, guest speaker Ron Hammond. Bacon, men's breakfast. April 25th, 8.30 a.m. Church on the Rock. I'm telling you, it's just hard to follow a bacon commercial, amen? Can't be done. Man, I don't know what was on Pastor Mike's brain during that video, but... We are so son. glad. We're so glad that you're here. And uh, everybody feeling good today? You're in the house of God. You're around your friends. 
you look good. So again, we are so glad that you're here. And uh, we believe that the Lord brought you our way. If you are a guest in worship, welcome. Uh, right after service in the Connect Room, if you'll go right over there, it's the room right across from the sanctuary. We have a gift for you. We would love to shake your head and just love on you a little bit. Uh, today we have a special guest in the house, Pastor Ron Hammonds, all the way from South Texas, going to be ministering with us. Uh, and as you remember, Pastor John, he's out of town. Uh, he's on sabbatical right now. Uh, he'll be for the next few months. But he's been here 25 years, a quarter century. And we love our pastor. Remember to pray for him. And uh, just so happy that uh, he's getting away. We believe he's going to be refreshed and rejuvenated when he comes back. And, and uh, Ron's going to come up and pray for him in just a second. But I want to encourage you, there's a ministry guide right in the back of your chair. Check it out. All sorts of great classes going on. We have Celebrate Recovery. I want to draw your attention to that. It's on Friday nights. It's at six o'clock. It's about hurts and hangups. And if you or anyone you know uh, needs that class, man, it's amazing. Some nights, 60, 70 people that are here just getting restored and getting closer to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Pastor Ron, would you come up? This is Pastor Ron Hammonds, good friend of Pastor John's, myself, around the Beaumont, Houston area. But uh, he knows what it's like to be a pastor, I'm assuming. You've done that a while. And grew up in this area. I'll kind of do my introduction now, but to me, just kind of a, a, a walking book of knowledge, a walking encyclopedia, but more than that, a man of God that just really goes all over the world. Uh, he'll tell you a little bit about what they do in ministry, but he's usually in another country at least once a month just doing things for the kingdom of God. So their church has a real heart for missions just like ours does. And so we just want to give him freedom to just preach to us, stir us up. But would you pray for our pastor? I certainly will. In fact, uh, there are pastors and churches all over this nation praying for your pastor. And uh, Pastor John and Anel, they are just tremendous parts of our Church on the Rock family. And I know there are great pastors here. He and I have been friends, uh, uh, oh gosh, for decades now and together we do ministry and you know uh, I bring you greetings this morning by the way from several other pastors who already text me this morning and and encouraged me and told me they were praying for a uh, pastor John literally all around the nation and as well together you know we are making a difference I think just uh, this month we are uh, 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 drilling like eight more water wells or so uh, in uh, uh, in India, 23 we'll do in the Philippines this year. You know, we're working together. Uh, we're, we're a family of churches and together your pastor and I and other pastors and churches and congregations have worked together. We provide funding and staffing and covering and vision for orphanages, medical clinics, feeding centers, schools, you know, what you do in Haiti and what we do in Africa and what we do in India and what we do in Thailand and Pakistan and Syria. And I could go on in Russia and on and on and on and on and on and on reaching this generation on top of what's done in each local community through the local church. I just want to thank you. Your pastor uh, is a tremendous man, and we're going to pray for him and ask God's grace on him. I just want to thank you as well on his behalf, okay? Uh, he asked me to come this morning, so on his behalf, I want to thank you for being here and being a part of the church of the living God. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we lift up Pastor John to you this morning, Lord. God, as every day we lift him to you, God. And Lord, we just pray your great grace upon him, Lord. God, that you would help him, Lord, to get rested, Lord, and refreshed, Father. Lord, he's been here for a quarter century. Lord, just baptize him, Lord, with fresh vision, fresh strength, Lord, with fresh anointing, God. Let your holy hand be upon him, God. Lift him up, Lord. Strengthen him, God. Lord, set his feet upon a rock, Lord, and put a new song in his heart, Lord. We just pray great grace to him and his family, Lord, his ministry, God. We pray 
pray, Lord, that you would meet his every need, Lord, and you would give him vision, Lord, and provision, God, Lord, for the next season, God, for this great next season of the church in the earth, Lord, and the church here in Texarkana, Lord. We just pray great grace to him and blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you. Thanks, Pastor. Amen. Amen. We continue to worship the Lord with our tithes and offerings. There's a scripture in uh, 1 Timothy 6.10. It says that for the, it talks about the love of money is the root of all evil. Now, it doesn't mean that money is evil, but the love of money. And you think about a root. First of all, the root determines what the tree is. The tree determines what kind of fruit you have. And so if the root is evil, and the Bible says when we don't trust God in our finance, we don't make uh, God the, the foundation of our finances, and we trust Him with that tithe and offering, you know, that's like an evil root. And it'll produce fruit like uh, selfishness and, and lack and just all those different things that are literally evil and worldliness. But when the root is good, when you trust God at the very foundation of your finances, and you're just giving that, returning that first 10% to the Lord and giving offerings, then that tree will be good, the fruit will be good, you'll have that peace, you'll have that security, and that, that tree covering that you know the Lord's going to take care of you. Amen? Any satisfied customers out there where you trusted the Lord? I'm telling you, you can trust Him. You really can try. And a matter of fact, this is the one verse in the Bible where God says, trust, test me now in this matter. And I'm telling you, you test him, you can trust him in that. But let's pray for offering. And again, Haiti, uh, you saw the need up there. They had a, a terrific rainstorm and they, they've got an update. They did find some equipment that they were able to borrow and kind of get some areas shirt up around their building and some electrical things taken care of. But there's still a lot of need down there. So you just mark uh, Haiti repair, either on an offering envelope or on your debit machine. We'll make sure that goes to them. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you for this chance to give. Lord, to, to say we love you, to say we trust you. And we ask you to bless this offering. Let's continue to just, just do a work around the world, but make a great impact in this city and a great impact in our families, Lord, in our youth and our children, the great programs going on there, that you'll continue to bless them. And we just thank you today for Pastor Ron being here and what he's going to do just to encourage us and stir us. And we just receive him and we ask you to bless uh, the rest of this service in Jesus' name. Amen. Time we'd say that you were worthy of it. 
worship the Lord and say we had church, right? Amen. Wow. Thank you guys so very, very much. Uh, don't they do wonderful? Y'all give them another hand if you would. Now listen to what I want you to do here. I want you to step out of your seat if you would and say hello to one or two people there and uh, that you hadn't seen in a while or that you don't know their first name, okay? And uh, ask them what their favorite color is. Find out their favorite color. Oh, I think I like green today. I think I'll do green as my favorite color today. <laughs> All right. Everybody having a good time? You know, church ought to be a good time. Church ought to be like a party. We come together and just have a good time. Born again believers join together around the fellowship of the Word of God and the worship of God. What, what better place to be this morning? I want to thank you so much for being here and being the church of the living God. Today, my message is to the church. Now, if you are here this morning and, and you say, well, hold on a second, I'm not a part of the church. Uh, there's only two reasons that you wouldn't be a part of this church. One is, is because, uh, you know, you actually belong to another church. And if, and if you're here and you belong to another church, uh, God bless you. We're all the same church, okay? There were 12 tribes, but there was only one family, right? And so, you know, we can be many clans, and men, but we're one family of God. The second reason why you may not be a part of this church is you might not be born again. You might never have been saved. You might not be certain right now that you're even on your way to heaven. And this might be a brand new experience for you. Perhaps you came into church this morning and you're thinking, oh my goodness, what are they doing? It's dark in here and those people up there are singing and am I supposed to stand? Am I supposed to sit? And I'll just look around and do what other people do. Trying to hide yourself perhaps or at least feel comfortable. Maybe you're not even aware why you're here. But do you know that prayers have been going out from this place for you and God has a plan for you? Do you know God knows why you're here? He knew you would be here before you were ever born. From the foundation of the world, he had already purposed that he was going to reveal himself to you. In fact, in your heart, you know that there is a God. Something's been drawing you. Something's been eating at you. Well, today you will have an opportunity to know this God that's been drawing on your heart. What a wonderful opportunity to get to know someone who has loved you before the foundation of the world. God has a plan for your life. You might say, me? Yes, God has a plan for your life. Do you know that uh, in the Bible there is a story about a man named Jacob? And this man named Jacob, he moved to another country because he was having a little bit of trouble with his brother who was really kind of wanting to hurt him. 
because Jacob had cheated his brother. And so Jacob moved to another country. In this, in this country, he moved to, to, actually he moved to Turkey. Turkey, it's, it's in Turkey today, the place called Haran. Uh, it, it was a part of Assyria in that day. He moved to this place called Haran, and there he saw a young woman, and he fell in love with her. I mean, he loved her. Woo, she must have been really, really, really pretty. In fact, the Bible says she was really pretty, and uh, she was a hard worker. He wanted to marry her, so he talked to her daddy about marrying her, and her daddy said, will you work for me seven years, and you can marry her? Well, the Bible says that those seven years came and went so fast, they were just like nothing because Jacob was in love. You ever been in love? Let me tell you something. Love's great. God's in love with us. I'm so glad that he is. But you know, one of the things that happens, one of the attributes of love, love covers. I'm so glad God loves me so much. Love covers my multitude of sins. Isn't that a pretty good deal? Yeah. But love also covers over a lot of other things sometimes as well. Sometimes you can be in love with somebody and it, 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 it kind of covers over some of the things like Samson, for example. In Judges 16, verse 3, the Bible says that Samson fell in love with a woman named Delilah in the valley of Sorek. Now, if you followed reading in the book of Judges, this story about Samson, you would find out that Samson's love covered all of Delilah's deceit. You know, love covers. Love doesn't really care what it covers. Love just covers, okay? And uh, so you really have to be careful what you love. That's one of the reasons why the Bible tells us not to love this world, not to love the things of this world, not to be in love with all of the things that the world can offer, not to love money, not to, you know, but the Bible tells us to love what God wants to put into our life. And when we can find out what God's will is for our life, and love what God wants us to love, then, oh, we just got the best of both worlds. Because then, for example, you get to be married to the perfect person. Because love just covers all of that. Isn't that great? Wonderful. You get to have the perfect job when you're in the will of God because love just covers all the other stuff. You might say, well, I must not be in the right job. Well, maybe what it is is that you just need to find out if that's the will of God for your life and then fall in love with God's will because that's best. Well, at any rate, Jacob loved this young woman named Rachel. He worked seven years just to marry her. And then on marriage day, uh, as was the tradition, they would get married and you would go into a tent and you would spend a week consummating the marriage. And so, uh, you know, there must have been a party. That's all I can imagine. There must have been a big party and there must have been a lot of wine. Uh, because for some reason, Jacob didn't realize that his father-in-law, Laban, had not given him the, the woman he promised. He didn't give him Rachel. He gave him Rachel's older sister named Leah. Now, all I can imagine is, I don't know why, but there must have been a lot of wine. <laughs> because for seven years, he was in love with Rachel and uh, the Bible says that Rachel and Leah looked different, that Leah was a little more homely looking. I'll, I'll put it that way. You can read the story in the book of Genesis and wonderful, wonderful account. And so Jacob wakes up the next morning 
he's married to Leah. He goes to his daddy-in-law and says, how in the world could you do this to me? And daddy said, well, you don't understand. In our culture, in our custom, the older daughter has to be married before the younger daughter is. And uh, if you'll just go ahead and spend this week consummating this marriage relationship, then I'll give you Rachel, the one that you intended to marry at the end of the week, and all you owe me is another seven years. And so uh, Jacob said, okay. And so it ends up that he ends up being married both to, J- uh, to Rachel and to Leah uh, for the rest of their lives. The Bible tells us that Jacob, all of his life, he loved Rachel, the one he intended to marry first, but he did not love Leah. Ooh, wouldn't it be horrible to be Leah and to be the wrong woman? Wow. The Bible gives us a picture of Leah that all of her life she felt unloved. She felt like she was the wrong woman and Jacob felt like she was the wrong woman. But do you know what? Leah was not the wrong woman. Leah was the right woman. Rachel was the wrong woman. You see, sometimes we can fall in love with things that are not right for us. Now, I'm not talking about who you're married to right now. Don't you go out here and say, you're the wrong one. I'm out of here. (laughs) You know, you can take dynamite and use it for good. (laughs) You can take the word of God and use it for good or for bad, either one. Don't, don't, Don't go places God didn't intend for you to go with this. But there are some things that he wants you to hear, evidently, because I'm so far off my notes now. (laughs) All of Leah's life, she felt like the wrong woman in the wrong place with the wrong man doing the wrong thing, never had a chance at life, never really had my own, always had to have, you know, she was uh, never, how sad. It is a sad story. However, Rachel, the one Jacob intended to marry, was Jacob's choice. Leah was God's choice. How do we know that Leah was God's choice? Because Leah, not Rachel, Leah is the mother of Judah. Leah is the great-grandmother of Jesus, not Rachel. In order for Jesus to come through the bloodline that God had already ordained and prophesied and planned, God had to slip Jacob a Mickey. Well, a Leah. That wasn't the only time God's plan prevailed. In case you didn't realize this, you happen to be in a world where we are governed by God. God's plan is more important than yours. (laughs) Now now that's whether you're born again or not, by the way. You can't say, well, I don't think I'm going to get saved if God's going to mess my life up. Hey, God's going to mess your life up whether you're saved or not saved. You're going to fall into the plan of God regardless. You may as well go to heaven for it. 
Because God does not first seek our permission before he upsets our plans. And what seems like a surprise to you is a plan to God. God has a plan. Okay. Undeniable. That wasn't the only time uh, that, that God did something like with Rachel and Leah. Do you know who's buried in the cave of Mashpelach in Hebron? I go there occasionally. It's in the Palestinian territories. It's kind of a little dangerous place, a very little, uh, very con uh, contentious little place. But right there in the cave of, of the patriarchs, uh, Abraham is buried there with Sarah. He's not buried with Keturah. He's not buried with, with uh, uh, Hagar. He's buried there with Sarah. Isaac is buried with Rebekah. And Jacob is buried with Leah. Not Rachel. Leah. God's choice. You see, that's not the only time God did something like that. Fast forward just a little bit. And there was a famine in the land of Israel, probably during the days of Gideon. The famine means there wasn't enough food to eat. It doesn't necessarily mean that it wasn't raining for a while. In this particular case, it could have been because the Amalekites had been coming and raiding and the Midianites coming and raiding the land and, and all of those other parasites coming and raiding the land. And so there's a man named Elimelech who was living in Bethlehem who decided that he would take his family and go across the Dead Sea, just around about Jericho, you know, and around uh, the Dead Sea, across through the country of what used to be um, Midian and right down to Moab. It's the country of Jordan today, a portion of the southern, southern Jordan. And in the land of Moab, Elimelech carried his wife and his two sons. While they were there, his two sons got married, Malon and Shelon. They married Oprah and Ruth. Y'all remember the story, perhaps, if you've read that. If you haven't read it, it's a great read. Read the book of Ruth. It's a wonderful, wonderful love story, a wonderful account. Well, this man named Elimelech ended up dying. And in the process of time, after 10 years, both of his sons died. And it left uh, Naomi and Ruth and Orpah, three women, widows, there together in the land of Moab. And so Naomi said, there's nothing for me here. I'm going back to the area of Bethlehem, back to Israel, and uh, I'm going to see if I can make a living there. The Lord has dealt treacherously with me, and I, therefore, am going home. Well, Ruth and Orpah both said, we will go with you. Well, it ends up that one of them did and one of them didn't. You can read the story. It's a wonderful read. And it ends up that Ruth accompanied her mother-in-law back to Israel. Well, in the process of time, Ruth found herself working very hard out in the fields, gleaning what the reapers and what the harvesters had left. And then one day she found herself in the field of a man named Boaz. Now, Boaz was a wealthy man. 
In fact, Boaz was uh, a Bethlehemite. He had inherited this land because God intended him to. It was a plan for God. Boaz could not have imagined the plan. Boaz was the son of a prostitute. Not just any prostitute, a Canaanite prostitute. Not just any Canaanite prostitute, but Boaz was the son of a Canaanite prostitute who used to own a house of ill repute. She wasn't just a prostitute, she owned a bordello. She owned a whorehouse. You don't seem to be getting this. Somebody lean over and tell them what, what this woman, what Boaz's mother did for a living. What was Boaz doing, a wealthy man in Bethlehem, the son of a Canaanite prostitute? You see, his mama, she was well known. She lived in the city of Jericho. And one night, a couple of Israelites, one of them named Salmon, who was a prince, of the tribe of Judah, a grandson of Leah. Came across the river, the Jordan River, going to look at the city of Jericho to see if him and his buddies could, could come in there and tear the city down. You can read about that in the book of Joshua. I don't know what these two boys were thinking. They'd been in the desert for perhaps 40 years. They could have been even 55, almost 60 by this time. They've been out in the desert wandering around. They're Israelites and they've been, you know, just eating fresh manna from heaven and, and just, you know, following the cloud of God and they find themselves in town. Man, they're in town. They're in Jericho. This is a great city. The oldest inhabited city on the planet of the earth. Uh, the planet of the earth. Planet of the apes. Planet of earth. I need help. I got a lot of my family sitting out here saying, yes, he does. Hey, if you're, if you're a part of my family, would you stand up, please? Come on now. Y'all just stand up. I want you to uh, look, look, look at these folks come, come to visit me. Come on. Your family, stand up. Even, even the county sheriff back there. Good to see you, James. My family knows I need help. They've been trying to get me help. They're out there interceding right now. That they're hoping that somehow I'll be touched by God. <laughs> I used to live right over here on 1903 Olive. Right over here, yeah, 1963, I lived right over there. The house is not there anymore. <laughs> I probably had something to do with that. <laughs> this woman, she had this house of ill repute. Now, I don't know what these two boys were doing. They've been in the wilderness 40 years, but the first time they get to town, the first place they go, straight to a whorehouse. <laughs> I love the Bible. It just reads so good. It is real. <laughs> what were they thinking? 
And there they met this woman. And there, after the conversation, this woman understood that God had a plan. She had known it for years, and they'd been talking about it all throughout the city for years and years and years, that they were concerned because God had a plan for the Israelites to inhabit the land of Canaan, and she believed it was going to happen. And so here, this prostitute said, would you help me? Uh, I, I, I don't want to be killed in this thing. I don't want, you know, and they said, sure, we will. If you'll hide us and you'll help us, then we will make sure that you're doing okay. And she said, okay, I'm up for that. They made an agreement and she hung this cord outside the window. They climbed down the cord. She left it there. She went and told all her friends, all her family, that whoever's in this house, when God, when, 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 when God does his plan, whoever's in this house is going to be saved. If you're not in this house, you're not going to be saved. Boy, there's a message for you. Because I got a promise. Wow. Well, the children of Israel, a little bit later, marched around the city one time each day for six days and seven times on the seventh day and the walls came tumbling down and there was only one lady and the people in her house, that house was attached to the wall, is still standing. And so they brought this prostitute out of the city, let her out. The two spies went in and got her and let them out, the ones that she had helped. Subsequent to that, we find that one of them, whose name was Salmon, who was a prince of the tribe of Judah, he done fell in love with his prostitute. Come on, it's a good story. There's hope. If you're a prostitute, there is hope for you. We'll all be preaching that more. You know, Jesus hung around the sinners, you know, and the publicans, you know. I mean, he didn't hang around a lot of religious people, okay? He came to seek and to save the prostitute. He came to seek and to save the drug dealer. He came to seek and to save people that, that, that may not be like you and may not even like you. <laughs> now, what do you think, now, now, what do you think this Jewish mama, Salmon's mother, thought? What do you think she thought when Salmon came home with his Canaanite prostitute and said, Mama, I'm going to marry her? Wait, son, you are a prince of Judah, the tribe from which Messiah will come. Haven't you been listening, son? What, mama? I'm going to marry this prostitute. <laughs> and so he marries her. Her name's Rahab. Well, they go in and fight for about 25 years and Judah claims a territory which includes Hebron and Bethlehem. And there in Bethlehem, oh, Salmon, he, he inherits some fields. That's his part, some of the fields around Bethlehem. And they have a son named Boaz. Boaz, this old dude, mom and daddy done dead. I got me some fields. I'm wealthy. I'm rich. I'm doing pretty good, you know. First generation in the land. 
And all of a sudden, one night, here's this young Ruth, who is a widow, who has been barren for 10 years, who is a Moabite. A Moabite? You know who a Moabite is? They're not people you want to be around. Do you know who, do you know who Moab was? Moab was the firstborn son of a man named Lot in an incestuous relationship while he was drunk in a cave with his daughter. The descendants of Moab were people in that day that the Israelites wanted to just kind of forget. Push them across the Dead Sea. We don't want anything to do with those kinds of people. Ruth is in the land of God. In the Holy Land. And she is a barren Moabitess who is a widow. What does she have to offer, especially to the son of a prince, a wealthy man named Boaz, who has everything he needs? She offers him the plan of God. God's got a plan. Because not only was Leah the right woman and the grandmother of Jesus, so was Rahab and so was Ruth. You don't think God will work with anything you'll give him? God's not afraid of your past. God's not bound by your past and he's not afraid of your future. You might say, well, you know, I know God knows what, what I have done. But, you know, even I don't know what I might do. <laughs> you know, God knows even what you're going to do. And you'll never catch God unprepared for anything you're going to do. Ask Jonah. The Lord prepared a great fish before Jonah was ever even born. And God had the fish just at the right place, at the right time. God has your life and your provision prepared for you. In the right place, at the right time, stop worrying. You can trust in the Lord. You know, you don't have to worry. God's got this. Come on now. If he can bring a little baby boy out of a cave after Sodom and Gomorrah has been uh, you know, destroyed by fire and brimstone and put together this plan like pieces of puzzle and cause a Moabitess to come across and, 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 and a prostitute and, and the wrong woman and culminate them all in my Savior, Son of God and Son of Man, who gave his life as a ransom for me. Come on now. God's got this. You can trust the Lord. You can trust God. You can. Jesus knew this. Even though Jesus is the Son of God, 
And even though Jesus knew the will of God, Jesus still needed and wanted help in this life. Think about it. Son of God. And yet, in his greatest hour of need, he goes to his friends. And he has but one request from them. He said to them, would you pray with me? Would you? Wait, 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 wait. He's the son of God. He shouldn't even need to pray himself. Isn't that kind of what we would think if we weren't really cognizant of the reality that Jesus is showing himself to us in a humble way, though he was equal with God, yet he, he, he did not count it robbery to be equal to God, but he took on himself no, no reputation, but he, he came in the form of a servant to show us how we should live. Pray with me, he said. Do you know they missed it? Sometimes we miss it. How could our prayers ever be important? I mean, do, do, do our prayers mean anything? Well, the prayers of the friends of Jesus meant something to him. He didn't just ask for those prayers once. He, he went back and even though they, they, you know, I mean, he's the son of God. Okay, he's Messiah. He, first of all, he probably doesn't need to pray. But he certainly doesn't need me praying for him. What could I do? What would my prayers do? I mean, if he's praying, if Jesus is praying, why would he want me to pray? So they just went to sleep. It was late. They were tired. He came back, woke them up. Woke them up the second time. Finally, he came back. They were still asleep. They missed the mark. But if Jesus, in his greatest moment was only asking, and if he felt like he should be able to depend on the prayers of his friends, those prayers must have meant something. He must have known that the prayers of people around you, the added intercession, those people who are going to God with you and for you on your behalf, they mean something to God. They must add strength to our life. They must add clarity to our vision. They must add something that Jesus desperately wanted could you not even tarry with me one hour he trusted God but he also trusted in the prayers of men who didn't even trust their own prayers wow well let me tell you Jesus trusted God but he also knew that he needed help in this life so many of us do you see, God has a plan. His plan will not always lead you through the places that you would like to walk. But his plan always has a purpose. The purpose of his plan is so that his kingdom might be seen and known by all. I want to encourage you this morning. Please do not be ashamed. 
of being a child of God and being in the middle of the will of God and the plan of God. You are. You are more in the will of God than you give yourself credit. You are right smack dab in the plan of God. And there's always something you can do to please God. You might say, hold on, preacher, you don't know. I, I, I took an exit back there. I used to be closer to God than I was. Let me tell you, today is your day then. Because right in the middle of God's plan for your life, he's offering you an on-ramp to get right back into the middle of his will. What a gracious God that he daily loads us with benefits and gives us opportunity to know him. If you're here today and you're not sure you're on your way to heaven, if you're not certain that you're born again, let me tell you, God has a plan. His plan was to have you in this moment so that you could hear clearly that he loves you, that he's not burdened or bothered about your past, that he's not even bothered about your future, that he's not going to make you put your hand on a stack of Bibles and swear that you'll never do anything wrong again before he saves your soul. He is prepared today to take you just as you are just like you got here he is prepared today to welcome you in his family with big smile and with joy in his heart he is prepared today to say to you my love covers your sin it covers your sin all I'm asking you to do is just to come home come this direction that's what he's asking let me give you a scripture uh, as we close uh, those back there in the back, they're wondering where in the world I am. I'm going to give you a scripture from, from uh, uh, Deuteronomy, the eighth chapter. How's that? Deuteronomy chapter eight. We'll read verse three. In Deuteronomy eight, I'll be reading from the, from the New King James Version. Deuteronomy eight, verse three. Jesus loved to quote from Deuteronomy. Uh, I love it as well. You know, God's got a plan. He's got a plan for your life. Even if your life has not been easy, even if it's been difficult, even in the moment, if you're in a valley, God has a plan for your life. There's always something you can do to please him. In Deuteronomy, the eighth chapter in verse three, this is what the word says. And, and this is what I give you. God gave me this word as a personal word back in 1980. I was living out in Sims, Texas, and God said this word to me, and this morning he brought it back to me and told me to give it to you. So here it is. So he humbled you. <laughs> yes, he did. You ever been humbled by God? Huh? You ever find out that all your work might not mean a whole lot? That anything you can do might end up not, you know, not all you hoped it would be. So he humbled you and allowed you to hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you to know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Today, I want to tell you that God is in your life. He's guiding your life. And he has a plan for your life. And today, if you would just dare to say yes to him, just dare to say, God, if you can do anything with this, Lord, here it is. It doesn't mean that you, you know, end up having to jump off the deep end somewhere and go all crazy or something. But it does mean sincerely that you will offer God a fresh chance 
to guide your life and speak into your life. If you would bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment, let me just simply ask. I'm going to become evangelistic here, and I've got a hook. I don't want to, I don't want to trick you, but there's a hook in this thing, and my intent is to make sure that you connect with God this morning. I believe with all of my heart that God loves each one of you and has a plan for your life. And as you're considering it with the head bowed and your eyes closed, let me just ask you, how many of you are 100% sure that if you died today, you would go to heaven? Let's just see your hand, okay? Just lift your hand up. Yeah, yes, yes, preacher, I'd go to heaven. I really know. I am, I'm, I'm, I'm born again, yes. Uh, you can put your hand down. You know, not everybody raised their hand. There are a lot of different reasons why people didn't raise their hand, but some of you didn't raise your hand because you can't raise your hand. Because honestly, you don't know. So let me ask this question. How many of you can honestly say that, preacher, if, if I were to die today, I am not sure that I would go to heaven. I'm just not sure for whatever reason. Let me see your hand. Just lift it up if you would. Come on, others, yes. Others, come on. There are several that have their hands raised. Just be honest. Say, I, I'm not 100% sure. If that's you that raised your hand, I don't want to embarrass you at all, but would you just stand right there? Just stand up. If you had your hand raised, just go ahead and stand up. Stand up right now. Stand up. Yes, go ahead. Come on, just be bold. This is, this is about you. Some others that didn't raise your hand, you need to stand up, okay? Some others that didn't raise your hand, you know. This is your chance. Okay, those of you that are standing up, would you just come down here? Just, just, just come right here. Come, come here, Simi. I just want to pray with you. I won't hold you long. I, you'll, you'll, you'll be let go when the others are let go, okay? Uh, just, 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 just come here with me. Just, just come here just a moment. I'm just going to pray for you. That's all, okay? And some of the rest of you, you want to get up and come right now as well. You know, you do because this is your chance. Jesus Christ died for you. He gave his life for you, and he has a plan for your life. And you know God. You know there is a God. The only thing we're going to do this morning is just introduce you to the person that loves you so much that he, he had a plan for your life. Come on, guys. Look here. Come here. Oh, how wonderful. Come on. Come on. Come on here. All right. Now, Pastor Mike, you guys have, have uh, uh, something that you can give them or something, okay? Okay. Well, hold on. I'm, I'm going to pray. Would you all turn around and look up here at me just a moment, Okay. I was in a Baptist church about 30 miles from here in 1967. I was on the back row and I didn't go to church to go to church. I, I went up that dirt road and ran down Highway 67 and went into that little Baptist church because I knew my friend, his name was Glenn McDonald. I knew that day that he had stole some tobacco from his daddy because we planned it. And after church, me and him was gonna chew tobacco. And I knew my friend, David, had a, had a granddaddy that lived behind that church in Sims, and he had a big old mule. And that's just about the best it's going to get for me that summer in 1967. I was 12 years old. I was going to get to ride a mule and chew tobacco, and that's why I went to church. Okay? My sister's sitting right back there. She can tell you I was just that kind of boy. And that day when the preacher preached, his name was Tom Calgill. Big old tall guy. Ooh, he looked like a mountain, wore cowboy boots. I don't know what he said. I was back there in the back goofing off and writing notes. And, you know, I mean, I was on the back row of that little old Baptist church. But all of a sudden, 
when we stood up and he gave the altar call, I felt like I wanted to go out there and walk down that aisle. It scared the living daylights out of me to go down in front of a church. I didn't know what happened to get down in front of a church. And I held on. I was holding on to that pew. I was just holding on for dear life. And, and, I, and I just, but I was wanting to go. I was wanting to go. I was wanting to go. And I didn't know why I wanted to go. I really couldn't have told you, but I wanted to go down there. Something had happened. I hadn't even listened to the sermon, but something had happened. I held on. I didn't go. I waited till the preacher said amen. When the preacher said amen, I forgot about riding that mule and I forgot about chewing that tobacco. I took off out that door and ran across that highway, down the road, turned behind the post office and school, and I ran all the way home. We were the first people in, right at, in th that year that lived behind that school, James Bowie School. It was way down there. I saw my mom out under the pear tree by the well. It was my job to draw water. She's out there by the well. I ran all the way up to my mama huffing and puffing. My mama said, you okay? I said, I said, mama, mama, what happens to you when you go down front in a church? She said, you've been wanting to go down front, son? I said, yeah, mama, but I don't know what happens. And right there, she told me about Jesus. She told me there was a God who loved me that gave his son for my life. And then if I would give him a chance and I would give my life to him, if I would pray and ask him to be my savior, that he would save me. Right there under that pear tree, I prayed. I want you to know I got saved right there. <laughs> Woo! Thank God for a mama that knows to tell you what to do. And I'm going to tell you the same thing she told me that day. That if you will sincerely ask Jesus right now to forgive you of your sins and come into your heart, he'll save your soul. He's never left me and never forsaken me. I've, I, I hadn't always been perfect like I am today. <laughs> I was drunk for two years. Not proud of it. But just getting saved... I thought there's all there was. I didn't realize I had to grow until somebody actually took me under their wing and said, now listen, there's more than just salvation. You can change your life. The last two weeks have been pretty good. That's a joke. Are you ready to pray? You ready to pray? Come here. Let's gather in here a little closer. Come here and pray with me. Okay. You guys, let's pray for them and pray for some of you. Some of you need to repent of your sins. Some of you are backslidden. Some of you need to pray this very prayer and say, God, here I am again. Here's, here's my life fresh. You need to do that today, right now, okay? Won't all of you stand, in fact, right now and just stretch your hearts this way? If you're up here with me, let's just pray this together. Pray this. Say, God, come on, say this. God, I recognize that I need a Savior. I know I need help. Lord God, Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. I give you my life. If there's anything, Lord, that you can do with me, I give you my life. Show me what I need to do. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Today, I choose you. I declare that Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, God. I'm going to live for you. Show me how to live. In Jesus' name.
Amen. 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 Now that's the first step. You're on your way to heaven. If you pray that sincere, let me tell you, I have never one time doubted that that prayer I prayed under that tree saved my soul. You're born again. You're on your way to heaven. There's a light on the inside of you. It's going to grow. Let it shine. Tell someone in your world that you made a decision and things are going to begin to change. This church will help you, okay? Right here, let me tell you, this church will be family. I know them, okay? They'll take care of you, they'll help you, they'll bless you, okay? Listen to them, it'll make a difference, amen? Pastor Mike? Amen, if you just go over to that cross with Pastor Travis, they just got a bag they wanna give you uh, just to help you walk, a book in it. And he'll tell you about a class we have next Sunday if you come a little early. And we need some uh, altar team over there. Any just strong Christians, you want to just go help and be with them and see if they have any extra prayer or not. But if we just get some workers over there with them, make sure they get some information filled out and, and we do that. You know, as we close, uh, Pastor Ron's going to be here to pray. If you just want more of the fire of God, evangelism, whatever, uh, a heart for souls, he'll pray with you. Any other need, we'll be around. But when you, before you leave, just pray about if you want to bless the man of God that's been here financially and just help with the expenses. I'll have a Bible laying up here on the front. Ushers will be in the back if you want to leave an offering there. But let's just close in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you. We thank you. Heaven's rejoicing right now, Lord because people have given their life to Christ, Lord. And Lord, if there's anybody else out there that's not sure, they'll come up here and just ask a question. Just let us pray with them. But Lord, we just bless, bless us this week. Lord, help us to invite, invite, invite these next few weeks in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give Jesus a hand clap today. Amen. If you want prayer for anything, we'll be up here. Hey, Pastor Ron's going to be back in two weeks. Great chance to invite some friends to come back. Amen. God bless you. You worthy of it all. Oh